The following Truth Barista podcast is a high beam ministry production. It's the issue of tattoos, okay? Got some ink, but I prayerfully studied and pursued truth in that matter before I got these. These weren't whimsical. These weren't just on a whim. I did them on purpose and with intentionality. Some of you may know this, some of you may not, but I am a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. I go to church and I have tattoos. Huh? Is that even possible? Yeah, it kind of is because I'm doing it. So I get asked, how does that work? Tattoos in my faith. Isn't it a sin? And what is it like being a Christian with tattoos? We're not under the Old Testament. Leviticus does not apply to Christians. So I just say that going in, but it's a standard. And God said it's an abomination to cut yourself. That's the way the heathen did. The heathens marked their bodies, cut their bodies, and uh, did all kinds of strange things with their bodies. And that was an abomination to the Lord. We are definitely going against God's standard. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and you shouldn't deface it. Somebody says they're a Christian, they've got all this stuff. They're, they look awful, by the way. <laughs> Welcome to the Airzats Coffee Shop. This is Jay, your truth barista, and I'm serving up a steamy cup of God's truth for the average Joe. You can catch me and this podcast on my websites, truthbarista.com, all one word, truthbarista.com, and highbeamministry.com. That's H-I-G-H-B-E-A-M ministry.com, as in car high beam. We're shining the light of God's truth on the road ahead. Okay, sir, here's your macchiato. Well, Truth Barista, it's so nice to see you again here in the coffee shop. Say, I've got a question for you, and I, I don't know if you have any tattoos. Tattoos are everywhere today. What do you think? Do you notice some of the clientele that comes in here? Wow. I mean, we're do down I? by the university here. You yeah. should. I've seen everything from the tiny little Mickey Mouse type tattoo to full sleeves and the whole body stuff. It's pretty amazing. Well, you know, along with our industry, you know, having a coffee house, the next industry that's almost as profitable is the tattoo parlor. In fact, there's 15,000 of them in the United States. No kidding. No kidding. 21% of Americans who have a tattoo, 23% of women have a tattoo, and only 19% of men have a tattoo. I didn't realize that women are having more tattoos than men because that doesn't seem, until recently, tattoos were a male thing, right? You know, when I hear a statistic like that, that puts up my question marks right away, is why would that be, and you know what my guess would be? What? Is that women have a body awareness issue. They're more insecure about their bodies. Mm -hmm. And so I see, just as there's more plastic surgery done on women than there are on men, mm -hmm. that I'm thinking, that maybe the appeal of tattoos and body modifications and plastic would tend toward women more because of body image. So we need to ask a woman about that. But oh, that's a good observation. Yeah. Well, it's eighty to a hundred dollars per hour at most tattoo parlors, and on the reverse side of that, it's a couple hundred dollars to get these tattoos removed. And that is the fastest growing element of the tattoo business today: is tattoo removal. So I think that's very interesting. You know, I think that goes into something. 
something I've been reading on this issue too. And, you know, let's take a few minutes and talk about this because I have a lot of Christians kind of wander into the Yerzad's coffee shop here asking, and we get on the subject of tattoos and things, and they're going, you know, is it okay for a Christian to have a tattoo? Because they've, they had a tattoo and then they got saved and now they still have the tattoo. It's not like it magically disappeared. There are Christians out there who want to get tattoos, but they don't know if God allows it or if it's a good thing or not. I think we should talk about this a little bit. Well, most of the time, people will quote something out of Leviticus, a verse. Some will say, well, that applies, and others say, nah, that doesn't apply. What, what do you think? That particular verse is Leviticus 19.28. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. And that is set in a chapter of prohibitions of all sorts in there. And some people say, well, we don't follow the law. We'll talk about that in a second. Bring me back to that in a second. But one of the arguments is, well, if you're going to follow that law and not get any tattoos, then we can only eat fruit from trees that have been growing for four years or five years. Or we can't mix various threads in our fabrics if one happens to be linen and another happens to be cotton. You know, you can't do that. Well, that logic falls short because you're going, well, then you should be cutting yourself on behalf of the dead. So it's a pick and choose thing to some people. It's like either you do it all or you do none of it. My take on this whole thing has been we were released as Christians in Acts 15 from mandatory Torah observance. But James did say they're still going to go to synagogue and learn this stuff. So I go back and go, what can we learn from this? If God says, don't make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. Why? Because it's the Lord commanding us. Well, maybe it's important to the Lord. What is important about this to the Lord? And I think it has to do with that whole chapter, because the whole chapter is pagan practices you are not to do when Israel comes into the land. So are there pagan practices related to cutting oneself on behalf of the dead or making body cuttings or body marks that might be a pagan practice? Now, you know as well as I, because we've both done some study on this, there are arguments for and against tattoos, right? Well, there are. One of the arguments is about modesty. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very good argument, modesty about you know not wanting to tattoo yourself because it directs the attention to yourself, right, rather mm-hmm. than to God. Now, what do you think about that? I mean, that's kind of a good argument. Well, th- that is a good argument. It depends on where the tattoo, just based on the modesty thing, where's the tattoo located? What part of your body is it drawing attention to? What is the nature of that particular tattoo? So all those things have to come into the mix, too, as far as modesty goes. Now, some of the arguments I've heard for are things like, it's a form of self-expression, dude. I mean, I'm just expressing myself to the world. You know, it's just really cool. You know, others say, it's a wonderful modification of the body. I, You know, it's a fine piece of artwork. Another one is, it's my tribal marking. I'm identifying with a group. You know, I that almost sounded like a pirate there for a second. Boy, I tell you, it's so much fun when I talk to you. I'm not sure if I'm talking to Truth Barista or a pirate. But, uh, or... <laughs> I think we need to do a program on split personalities here. But anyway, but there's no doubt there's beautiful tattoo artwork on bodies. I have seen some full body back tattoos that are just the colors are vibrant and it's a wonderful thing to look at. And that's one of the arguments. It's just a piece of artwork. Others say that it is, I'm marking myself with a Christian symbol as a permanent sign of God's love for me. Well, yes and no, because tattoos fade over time. God's love doesn't. The argument Christians aren't under the law. So we're freed from the Leviticus 19 thing. My argument would be, well, maybe there's something in there the Lord wants to teach us. 
does. Some people say, well, I can get them because it provokes a conversation. I'm linking myself up with the people that I'm trying to minister to. Well, then the question is, well, what are you saying? Are you saying something to them? But in that same thing, that same tattoo, are you conveying something different to somebody else that won't understand where you're coming from? And other people finally say, well, God doesn't care what I do with my body. He cares about my heart. Well, these are all arguments for not all of them are good arguments, and some are pretty mundane, pretty okay. But I think what you said earlier, think before you ink, because the rise of tattoo removal is on the increase. So there must be reasons people after a period of time just say, you know, this isn't a good symbol or it's not a good practice. I don't want my kids to see this. I mean, that's to me more of the practical, healthy observations. Right. And we call that tattoo regret. That's like the guy who gets drunk on his Mexican vacation and comes back with a naked lady tattooed on his arm you know we were talking a couple days ago about that guy that has that naked lady on his arm and he wears an armband all the time he wears an armband and sooner or later he'll probably try to get that removed but it's painful and expensive that's right and can you get those things done in one session no in fact it's about 10 to 12 or 15 sessions you have to go in so it's a process of removing each layer and color of each ink that is amazing well some of the arguments against and i think you brought up a great one would be the modesty issue. If we're going to stay right on mark with scripture, isn't the body the temple of the Holy Spirit? Meaning God lives inside of us Christians as a temple. We are his dwelling. So did we get any rights to renovate his house? Are we repainting the exterior of his house? Do we have permission to do that? On the other hand, the argument is, well, what about plastic surgery? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's that issue as well. You know, some people say, well, against it, it's it's linked to pagan practices. So is all tattooing a pagan thing or can tattooing be removed from its pagan practices centuries, even millennia earlier? Well, even today, tattooing is a pagan practice in some cultures. But in our culture, is it pagan if the motive is right and the object is not a pagan object? It's something obscure like we the Mickey Mouse face. Right. Right. So we've got that. Some of the tattoo objects that people get, those are objects of death. I mean, how many times have you seen the skulls on people's arms and these things? So it's kind of like the Christian music thing. Can you use rock music? That was a big thing decades ago. That's right. We can't use drums in church because drums are of the devil. And a friend of mine who was a drummer said, well, it all depends on who you use the drums for. And that was the end of that argument. And now, what do you see in most churches? Who you use it for? Well, that argument can also be transferred over to tattoos. Who are you using the tattoo for? That goes back and forth. Well, and I know a lot of Christians who do scripture tattoos, Mm -hmm. and it's usually a life verse or something like that. I kind of understand that. Mm -hmm. But yet at the same time, God says, you know, to hide his word, not on your skin, Mm -hmm. but in your heart. But it it can be a touchstone, and I get that. Uh And the neat thing is, and you just brought it up, God is concerned with the inside first. The outside follows. It's a lot like what God inspired Peter to write when he said to the women, don't be worried about the outward adornment, be worried about the inward adorning of the person. Now, does that mean women can't wear makeup or jewelry and guys can't look good and get their hair slicked and all sorts of really... No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying be more concerned with what's on the inside than the outside. But the problem is we have a lot of people who are concerned with the outside look who really aren't working so hard on the inside. Well, I think we'd always judge a 
book by its cover, right? Right. But I think the gist of what we're talking about is an inner value, an inner beauty that we're after. And so be very careful what we're putting on the outside because it can mar or close the door to the inner beauty to someone who judges you just simply by appearance. And let's face it, people are going to judge us by what we do, by how we present ourselves. Now, if you're not, if you don't care how people see you, if you're all tatted up and all inked up with a full sleeve or something of that nature, well, okay, then it's not your issue, right? But people will make an assessment of you because it's okay to judge so long as people judge properly. People make judgments of me all the time, depending on how I dress, how I do the coffee here. You know, he's a lousy barista. He's a great barista. If he's a great barista, he must be a great guy, you know, all that kind of stuff. And how many voices you can do in one sitting, because that's quite remarkable. I know, it kind of goes back and forth. Anyway, but other issues, okay? The issues that you are altering God's image. Well, once again, that's a pretty convenient argument against, but now you have to deal with the issue of plastic surgery. Are you trying to improve on something that God created and said was very good? And for some people, I brought up this argument with somebody the other day, what if somebody's been in an accident and needs reconstructive surgery? Okay, the difference is one is a need and the other one is vanity. So maybe the issue of vanity needs to be addressed inside the person before the outward is modified. Same thing with tattoos. Is there something that's going on in the inside that's propelling a person to get a tattoo or not? For example, a lot of kids, I'm getting a tattoo because mom and dad, it's just going to drive them crazy. Well, you know, if you've got this rebellious attitude in your life, that is the wrong motivation. God is not about rebellion. God is about honoring your father and your mother. And even after a child leaves the house, there's still the mother-father, you know, the parent-child relationship. There's a sense of honoring that is there, but the person is an adult. They stand on their own. Sometimes I think we have to keep reminding ourselves in a discussion like this that this issue isn't about salvation. Right. It's really about best practices. Yeah. What is a best practice for a Christian following the Lord, loving the Lord? What's the best practice? Will a tattoo really gain the kind of... Uh, attention that maybe I don't want. Will it convey the right message? The right message. There you go. So Mm -hmm. I think it's just a best practice. Well, it's like Paul says, getting back to the scriptures, everything that he's referring to, it may be legal, but not everything may be right or good. And so that's something we have to take into consideration on these matters of conscience, especially tattoos. It may be okay for us to get a tattoo if the motive is right and the object is okay. But really, is it the best thing? Because it's not just about us, right? Right. It's about us in the world and not of the world. Are you getting a tattoo because you want to be like the world? Good point. That's another scripture. A whole other discussion. We've been talking about people thinking about getting a tattoo. What about those who have a lot of tattoos and they come to know the Lord? I mean, we don't want to create for them undue pressure to thinking that they will be in a perpetual sin because of these tattoos. Would you address that? There are things that we carry with us inside and outside that we will never get rid of in this lifetime. For example, forget the outer tattoo. Let's talk about inward issues. We often talk about people having baggage in their lives. There are people who have gone through experiences as young children, as teenagers, that lead to constant temptations or really downtrodden feelings, even a tape recording of 
of thoughts in our heads, you know, hearing our father or our mother or somebody say something to us. There are things that come up in my life. I was one time sitting down at an organ in a church as a teenager, just practicing the organ, and I liked the sound of it. It was fun. The pastor happened to walk by. It was just he and I. And as he walked up the aisle, looked at me, goes, hey, don't give up your day job. You know something? He thought that was funny, but that really wounded me because music was a very important part of my life, and I was just learning at that time. Did you know that thought? I can still see him, I can still hear his voice, and I can still feel the jab from how he said that. Okay, I carry that with me throughout my, and I will throughout my whole life, unless the Lord somehow takes it out of me. Well, you know something? If you've done something in your life, God forgives sin. He cleanses these things. If you've got demonic tattoos on your body, well, maybe he'll give you the the finances to be able to erase them. Maybe he'll just tell you, hey, you know, you can point to those things and say, you know, I'm a new man. This outward stuff that I have here is no longer applicable to me. So you know something? It says things to other people, but the Lord knows my heart, and he knows I'm changed inside. And someday when I get my new body, these things will be burned away. Boy, that's wisdom. I love that. I hope that does satisfy people who may be feeling a little guilty from a past experience. So thank you very much. Yeah, I would encourage you, don't worry about this. If you come to the Lord or if you happen to be a Christian, and we've made a mistake, all right? God is the God who takes care of mistakes. He goes the extra mile on your behalf. But that does bring us back to the idea we need to think before we ink. Now, we've talked about the scriptural stuff, right? We talked about Leviticus. We talked about the image of God. We talked about it may be okay to do, but it not be a best practice. What about some of the practical issues of getting tattoos? Now, we were joking about this before because, you know, let's face it, that lady that came into the coffee shop the other day, I mean, maybe in her prime, that butterfly on her back (laughs) may have been a really nice butterfly, but over time, it begins to look like a dragon, if you know what I mean. I do. I've seen some older people with some very sad tattoos. Yep, and people have to realize that skin does not grow the way you think it grows. My dad was telling me a story. He used to be a pharmacist and owned a store, and he'd have this World War II vet come in who had this beautiful woman tattooed on his arm back during the war. He said the way the skin grew out, he says it was nothing but a blue smear Mm. at that point. It looked like a bruise more than anything else. The other question is, if you get a tattoo, are people going to hire you? And that's why the tattoo industry, removal industry, is growing so much because it's tough to get a job. So why would you give yourself a tattoo that might lessen your chances at getting a job? Waiters, waitresses, salespeople, you want to make a good impression? Not every tattoo makes a good impression. Although the inker made an impression on you. (laughs) Good afternoon, everybody. What about people who have a tremendous amount of tattoos? You you have a little phrase about that, right? You mean it looks like a comic book threw up on them? Yeah. Yeah, that's getting tattooed with indiscretion, you know, just kind of throwing up all sorts of images. One of the things that I have seen And as long as you've got the tattoo, there are artists out there who rework tattoos and can incorporate other designs over them to hide designs. Here's another consideration now that we've brought this up. Okay, so you're going out with this girl named Mary Lou, right? So you get Mary Lou tattooed, okay? And it's right on your neck. Well, you and Mary Lou break up, okay? Now you're with Cindy. And every time (laughs) Cindy kisses you, she's looking at this tattoo on your neck that says Mary Lou. Mm. You need to think before you ink because, Mm. yeah, uh, imagine 
imagine you get married to Cindy, and now through the rest of your married life, she's looking at Mary Lou tattooed on your neck. I can bet you a dime to a dollar or a dollar to a dollar, whatever it is, that she would love to take a razor blade <laughs> and just kind of do a little bit of surgery to get rid of that. Yeah. Okay, so that's a consideration. So Paul says about some things that are lawful for me, but perhaps are not helpful. Right. How does that verse, that comes out of 1 Corinthians 10, 23, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. How does that apply to tattoos? Okay, you may get a tattoo. It's perfectly okay to do that. But is it helpful to you? Is it going to improve your image? Is it going to raise your esteem in people's eyes. I remember the days early on when somebody had a tattoo and you thought, wow, they're in a biker club. They must be in a gang. I mean, you're inviting judgment as if people judging us wasn't, you know, something that wasn't going on already. You're inviting more of it. You have to be careful the message you're conveying. The other one too is all things are lawful, but not all things edify. That word edify means to build up. Mm -hmm. Are you building yourself up? Are you building others up in what you do? Now, those scriptures, Scripture verses that are tattooed. Okay, I look at my arm and I know my life verses. Isaiah 50, verse 3, the Lord has given me an open ear to know the word that sustains the weary. Morning by morning, he opens my ear and he opens my ear as one being taught. If I had that on my arm, I'd be looking at it every day and thinking, yeah, I need to be able to speak words of wisdom for people today. And, and that builds me up. That builds other people up. But if you've got like the death's head skull on there and Metallica and all that, does that build you up? Does it build other people up looking at it? Does it inspire them? Well, as we come to wrap this conversation up, what are some of the things that you would practically say to somebody that may be considering getting a tattoo? Okay. First of all, I actually got this information off of crosswalk.com. It's great. It's called the 7M to consider before you get a tattoo. One is modification. Remember, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's God's body, ultimately. Is it right to disfigure it? Is it disfiguring his body and altering his image? What's your motive? That's the second M. Are you in rebellion? Is it glorifying God? Some people say they do it to minister to the subculture. You know, that's a valid argument, but is that really the best way to minister to a subculture? What about modesty? Everybody knows what the tramp stamp is. Even pagans, even non-believers, your average atheist knows what a tramp stamp is. That's that mark at your lower back, just above your butt, ladies, and that broadcasts the issue of, hmm, might be a little bit easy, if you know what I mean. Then there's marketability, all right? How will potential employers feel about your choices? By the way, these employers scan Facebook and other social media to tell them about your character, your discernment, your discretion, and your wisdom. Do you really want to wear a billboard to the interview? And what about the message? What is your tattoo broadcasting to the world? You know, tattoos proclaim in many ways what we value, right? Either in design or how we display them. That's why tattoo regret is getting to be such a big issue. Money, right? They're expensive. You brought that up, Larry. Very expensive. Tattoo right. removal is mm -hmm. almost double what getting the original tattoo is. Here's another one that is significant. Medical. Got to think of this. I just heard an ad by a doctor who said that many baby boomers and millennials are getting tested for hepatitis because they may have contracted it in a tattoo parlor. I'm not saying all tattoo parlors are unsafe. They are highly regulated. And if you're going to get a tattoo, you better make sure you get to a regulated, well-run establishment. But anytime you puncture the skin, 
Anytime you do things like body modifications, you run the risk of an infection or other medical condition. I mean, even men and women, you know, get your ears pierced, right? They get ear infections, earlobe infections, and infections in the cartilage there. So with a tattoo, you're inviting medical condition. Even the Mayo Clinic warns us to not take tattooing lightly. Here's a quote, right? They've resulted in severe allergic reactions, infections, unsightly scars, bloodborne diseases like hepatitis B and C. Tattooing deliberately opens skin and exposes your blood to unknown bacteria. Tattoo parlors are not medical clinics, although they are puncturing skin and exposing blood. That is a very significant and wise thing to keep in mind before you get a tattoo. Once again, think before you ink. Well, I think that's where we're going to have to leave it, but I think we're not quite done with this theme just quite yet. Yeah, let's talk about this more because I've got a special guest I'd like to bring in sometime as we sit at the counter here and talk about this issue. It's going to get pretty heavy, so we just want to warn the listeners that the next episode may get a little bit interesting. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Thanks, Truth Barista. I very rarely do we get a chance to talk about things like tattoos. This is Jay, your Truth Barista. Thanks for listening to the Truth Barista podcast. The best way to find out when a new podcast drops is through RSS feed. Go to our website, look for the RSS button, press it, and then enter your email. You'll be notified when a new podcast drops. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.